welcome back to the Savage Land. It's a very, very special, 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 special week this time, but not the normal kind of special, special. It's like a different kind of special, special. Uh, Rachel and Matt uh, were, were unable to make it this week, so I decided to just assemble the Avengers, call them in for emergency protocol. Uh, I've got my buddies uh, Kent and Melody in, uh, in, in, in the, the mobile, mobile command center today. Uh, say, say hello, both of you. Hello. Hi. Uh, so, so really, I mean, I've, I've, I've brought you together today so that we could just talk about, talk about some news, you know, talk about the, the headlines that are just sweeping the nation, if, uh, if you will, will, will be so, uh, obliged. But first, I mean, obviously we should probably, you know, let, let them know who you are and what you do and what's, what your thing is. Melody, you're, you're a, you're a, yeah, a comic creator, artist, writer, extraordinaire, all the, all the things, everything ever. Uh, yeah <laughs> sorry uh yeah i i'm trying to get a comic off the ground right now uh that i'm both writing and, and drawing it's gonna it, it's called fire and mud it's amazing i've seen pages from it and it's mm-hmm. it's absolutely glorious uh are there any any social media uh outlets where people might be able to see a little bit from fire and mud yeah uh you can find me on facebook uh you can look up melody muse uh art or you can find me on instagram at mldmiu Hell yeah! It's uh, it's some dope shit. I'm I'm very excited to read it. I've I've been able to see little sneak peeks. I'm I'm in this exclusive club mm-hmm. to see little sneak peeks, but it's it's fantastic. I I can't wait to see it. Um, Kent, how about you? What's what's uh what's what do you got going on? I'm working on a little comic called Scariest in Screamforth. It's amazing. It's on webtoons, right? Yes, it is a webtoons comic that you can read for free. Uh, you can also just go to scariestinscreamforth.com. It will take you straight there. Uh, it's about some kid monsters in a monster town trying to solve a mystery. It's super fun. It's for everybody, anybody. Uh, it's kind of like Stranger Things meets Monsters Inc. Nice. So it's it's super fun. It's yeah. a it's a fun little uh, sp- spooky cute story. Spooky cute. That's a good. That's spooky like a cute. it's like a meat cute, but it happens at Halloween. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyone? No. Nope. Nothing. Oh, right over my head. Fine. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um, uh, and where, where can they find you on social media? Uh, social media, you can find me at all, any social media you can think of at Kent Heidelman. Nice, at a boy. Uh, and there will be links to that in the show notes for anybody curious. Uh, but guys, we got some huge news, gargantuan, some might say. Uh, Seems like a lot's going on now. A lot. This news has both a an enormous hairline and an enormous chin. <laughs> <laughs> because Quentin Tarantino. Is putting together. <laughs> That's your segue. <laughs> because Quentin Tarantino is putting together a Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek movie idea. Uh, uh, he is assembling a writers' room with J.J. Abrams producing to put together a Star Trek movie. Quentin Tarantino, you heard that right? Uh, Star Trek. I've heard of the name. I didn't even know he was such a big fan of Star Trek. Right. I mean, I like I've heard him talk about it before in interviews and stuff, but it's like. Who, who, like, what existing franchise property has ever entrusted someone like Quentin Tarantino with their shit? Right? That's weird. I, it's I don't remember any of them. I only yeah. know of him as an original creator of his own work. There's there's been only one time that I've known of prior that he's worked on uh, existing properties, and that was with uh, Luke Cage. He he never like he he was working with Marvel Studios. Uh, for a long time putting together a Luke Cage project, but it just never got off the ground. Uh, but that was, as far as I knew, the only time that he had ever done something really? like that. Yeah. 
Uh, so this is huge. I mean, like, I don't know. Do you think someone like Quentin Tarantino fits in with the Star Trek mold? I'm a little cautiously optimistic about it only yeah. because, uh, you know, I've seen some jokes on, on Twitter about how uh, Tarantino is going to just shoot uh, scenes of everybody's feet <laughs> and <laughs> just all of his like Tarantino-isms. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm down to see because I, I don't think we've ever seen that angle of uh, any Star Trek shit before. You know, we've never seen what it looks like down from a, a foot's eye view. If we can use that. Boots term. on the ground. Yeah, boots on the ground, really. Shirts on the ground, red shirts Just on the triple, ground. triple height. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'll be great, triple height. Uh, I wonder, he's talked before, he talked on Nerdist one time about how he would do uh, Star Trek, and, and one thing that he kind of brought up was uh, kind of like adapting Star Trek episodes into a feature length and sort of exploring the concepts in those original series episodes in, on a grander scale. Um, I, I don't know what they'll end up doing, but it, it's very interesting that start that that Quentin Tarantino, J.J. Abrams, and apparently a bunch of other writers are getting together to put this together. So, it's I, I've I'm I've watched a fair amount of Star Trek, and mm-hmm. I just don't see the the crossover. Uh, uh-huh. But I am going to watch it for sure, <laughs> and I'm going to be super stoked. Cause I'm a huge Tarantino fan. I just I'm really curious how those two can meet in a cohesive way mm-hmm. uh, but i don't know if he's gonna like you know kind of lay off the gas a little bit of all that tarantino-ness and just make just try to execute it and yeah. then we'll see what happens but i i just couldn't for life of me see where those two meet in the middle but i am so curious so that, curious that's where i'm at too i'm like i'm very curious what comes out yeah uh, I, I support it yeah why not? <laughs> yeah, is this his first foray into like science fiction? Because he's I he's dabbled so, yeah. in multiple genres. I, I wonder about what homages he's gonna insert. Yeah, kind of like how with Kill Bill, uh, did a lot of uh, you know sig- signified a bunch of scenes from um, old mar- martial arts movies and Hong Kong thrillers. Yeah, because he, that, I mean, that's how he makes movies. Like that's every movie he's ever made. It's like it's it's definitely sort of an amalgamation of mm-hmm. like direct riffs on existing things. So yeah, he, I'm sure, like, ha, huh, that's yeah, because he's he's done uh, black exploitation. He's yeah. done westerns. Uh, he's done the heist movie without yeah. the heist. So yeah, like crime. I, I, that that's that's getting me thinking about all sorts and, of and stuff. And then historical biopics as well. Yeah. So, Oh yeah, because he's doing he's doing the mm-hmm. new uh, Charles Manson movie. Mm-hmm. He's even done uh, a romance, so yeah, yeah. So Shit. this is the next level Tarantino, I guess. Next level Tarantino. Maybe that's the title of the episode. Yeah, um, he must have a huge backlog of sci-fi stuff in his head if he hasn't oh, yeah. explored it. Because uh, him, he's like a walking human encyclopedia for movies exactly yeah like that that's what i'm thinking is like shit he probably has like yeah there's so much probably just waiting to get out of him about like random science fiction shots and moments and and riffs and whatever oh that'll be that'll be fun to see paramount make it happen make it happen how heavy do you think the sci-fi will be i mean he seems to be a big fan of the sort of original star trek uh mold you know the the original series and so i'm sure he'll he'll lean pretty heavily into like the the ponderous elements of, of Star Trek where it's like, what if this happened? And like, what would be the implications of this thing? And, and whatever the hell else, uh, I, I am, ha- I'll, I'll hazard a guess to say that it'll go as like harder sci-fi than any of the JJ Abrams ones mm-hmm. have, uh, less into like the, you know, space opera, fun, adventuring, swashbuckling thing. And probably more into like the, what did we just do to this 
civilization of aliens that were previously untouched, you know, like what's going to happen now type thing. Maybe. I don't know. If if I remember correctly, uh, a lot of Star Trek is about negotiating. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of Tarantino's uh, dialogue <laughs> scenes that are just going to be banter with various alien species, I guess. Can you imagine if Tarantino had script doctored all the trade negotiations in the uh, Star Wars prequels? They'd be so much better movies. You know? It'd be amazing movies. Yeah, he's so good. Um, start talking about space hamburgers and stuff. Oh, the Dexter Jetster scene would be so good. Dexter, Dexter, yeah, he's the, the guy who owns the weird bar cafe on that planet oh, in Coruscant. Yeah. You know, if he starts talking about how over on over on Alderaan, they have different different names for the, the Big Mac and whatever. You know what I mean? Anyone? Pulp Fiction? Oh, uh, yeah. No, I guess. <laughs> it just it's, wasn't it's, funny. It's the prequels. Uh, so it's... Also, sorry. how bloody do you think it would be? Are you guys watching the current Star Trek? Oh, the Star Trek Discovery? That it is, that's pretty bloody. It's, really? They're dropping F-bombs. We're getting topless nudity. Mm-hmm. It Whoa. is a whole different Star Trek. So if oh, you goodness. were going to have Tarantino come in, now is the time. Yeah, that's that's fair. They've kind of uh, paved, paved the door for some bloody uh, some bloody new ways. Oh, okay. Then this all makes sense. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it still feels I, uh, yeah. way like Star Trek. Uh, okay. Discovery is very much Star Trek. It's just more like they have the option, so they're taking it. Yeah, they, they kind of did like a, a middle ground that's a little bit more mature between um, the original series and the J.J. Abrams universe where it's like, yeah, it's still like a Star Trek series and they still kind of do interesting stuff, but they also have space fights. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm interested. I'm interested. Um, did you guys see uh, see It? Did both of you see It? I did. I'm, I'm a bit of a scaredy cat. Oh, so you didn't see It? Not very good with horror. Okay. Uh, well, the the news that I'm getting around to will still be relevant, but uh, do you remember the kid at Kent in It who had, like, the inhaler and all that stuff, Kid Eddie? His mm-hmm. mom was, like, the, the yes. total, you yeah. know, crazy person. The, the fact that he had a mom, I think there's only one character that we yeah. see their mother. I guess. Uh, uh, maybe two characters, but yeah, okay, yes, the... Yeah. He's the one that sees It uh, outside the house. He is. Uh, so he has just been cast in the uh, in the new uh, Shazam movie, DC's Shazam. <laughs> Shazam. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> DC's Shazam. Shazam yeah. Is he Billy Batson? He's not Billy Batson, which what? I think would have been very good. I know. I know. <laughs> is he a friend of Billy? So he's playing uh, Freddie Freeman, uh, who, if I remember right, was wasn't he Captain Marvel Junior? I mean, that doesn't sound like a stretch. Uh, I, I'm double checking right now. Yep, Captain Marvel Jr. Got it. Uh, that's, so that's a good pull. Uh, so yeah, he's he's playing Shazam's sidekick that also looks like just a younger version of Shazam or Captain Marvel. I guess they're calling him Captain Marvel in the movie, but the movie's still called Shazam. Why? Legality. Uh, DC. No, but like, didn't they make this whole big push a couple years back to <laughs> switch him to Shazam? So yes, why not did. just commit to that? So now they're going. They're going. They're back. re. They're rebirthing him back into Captain Marvel. They're going back, baby. Uh, I guess. I guess so. So for the for the film, the movie will be called Shazam because that's his magic word. But I guess he'll be called Captain Marvel, and it's coming out the same year as a that movie is, called Captain Marvel from that is Marvel. Bonkers. This is bad. A lot that of is, Captain Marveling. If you were going to. Like, just commit. I'd already kind of accepted this. And the name Shazam, it really isn't that bad. And Captain Marvel is such a Marvel name. Yeah. Just, you did it. You finally did it. And then you finally undid it? Yeah. It'll be be weird to see how that goes. Because there is, like, Captain Marvel is coming out the same year. The Marvel's Captain Marvel with Brie Larson. Uh, Wow. What a cluster. 
weird cluster. However, I'm I'm still excited though. I think this movie looks good. I think he's yeah. a good. He's a good choice for Freddie Freeman. Sure. Uh, the kid who's playing Billy Batson, his name is Asher Angel. Uh, which Show is, this guy. What, what, sounds what? like a fake name. His name's Asher Angel. You can look him up on IMDb because uh, I'm not going to bother putting shit in the show notes uh, to this extent. He he looks he looks like a Billy Batson. He's he's a he's a happy go lucky little uh, little brown haired boy. Uh, I could see him as a young Zachary Levi. You know. Oh. Yeah, yeah, see, he's cute. He's a cutie. He's a little cutie. That's uh, fine. He was, no I mean, comment. he was previously in, like, random music videos and some TV series called Andy Mack. I don't know him. He must have just Oh, Andy Mack, the new Disney show. Is that a Disney show? Okay. Yeah, I think she, yeah, it has, like, a little uh, biracial uh, main character. Ooh. Half Asian character. Hashtag diversity. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, they might even be exploring her sexuality. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Disney getting in on that mature sexuality. Yes. That's Disney. surprising. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Uh, I, I'm down with that. Um, uh, the other cast is uh, Zachary Levi is playing Shazam or Captain Marvel, whichever they uh, choose to say. Uh, and then Mark Strong is rumored to be playing Dr. Savannah. Mark Strong is uh, Merlin in the Kingsman movies. Oh. Mr. Bald Scotsman. I think he's a great that's, choice that's a great for Dr. Choice. Savannah. It's a classic villain actor. Just totally cut right from that villain cloth. Yeah, I, lo- I love me some Mark Strong. So I don't know. The, the Shazam movie, I think, is shaping up pretty well. I'm still a little bummed that uh, John Cena is not playing. Uh, yeah, I know. You were Shazam. like the head of the John Cena train. I would have loved it. I would have loved it so much. Like it, 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 John Cena versus The Rock in a big old super powered showdown. Like just cast the entire movie with just pro wrestlers and just, just oil them up. Just get them all nice and oily and shiny. <laughs> Shine some lights on him from overhead just so it looks great. You convinced me that he'd be a good fit for the role. Uh, They already cast The Rock as Black Adam. Why not? I don't think that the current one is as good as uh, John Cena. Yeah, Zachary Levi. Yeah, I I think he's a great actor, but for this role, that seems just such a strange pull. You're going to have to beef up real hard. The the take that I would have been really behind for John Cena is the instead of having it be, because with. Captain Marvel, Shazam, whatever you want mm-hmm. to call him. Uh, there's two ways to do that character. There's that they have the same mind, yeah. or they're two different characters mm-hmm. that possess the same spot in the universe. I guess. Yeah, to, I, to switch I, off. Yeah, they switch off. I, I like the same mind thing. I like when Billy is like uh, he's he's a kid in a man's body. I tend to enjoy any story that's done from that angle yeah. more than just two different personalities because you just don't have this connection between the characters. Then they just don't. Yeah, you don't care. You're just like tagging in, and it's just really yeah. strange. So you kind of have two main characters, rather yeah, than yeah, two one main characters just... that you're like, okay, this conflict's gonna get really crazy. I'm gonna leave now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like all right, peace out, guys. Good luck with that. Yeah. Oh my god, I gotta go. Yeah, I gotta just bounce. But if uh, John Cena had been playing the larger adult body of a kid, yeah. That is just magic. Yeah. That just works great, so well. He's a great baby man. Yeah, exactly. In, uh, in all the best way yeah. as, as a compliment. <laughs> he he was the best part of Trainwreck for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second only to like LeBron James. So. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. I actually, I saw a trailer. I went and saw The Disaster Artist uh, the other day and there was a trailer in front of it for some new comedy. Uh, I think it's, it's, I think it's just called Blockers, but above Blockers is a picture of a cock, but not like a dick, like a rooster. Uh... And it's about a bunch of parents whose kids are planning to to get down and sexy with it, and and they're trying to trying to stop them from having sex. And John Cena plays a parent, so oh, oh, 
okay. I, I thought what? you were gonna. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, he he also plays a bull. In fr- uh, fr- fern- uh, Fern oh Ferdinand Ferdinand yeah yeah I I I I'm so down with John Cena just acting just acting all over the place he falls into the same category as uh, Channing Tatum for me yeah yeah what potato face buff man yes <laughs> but lovable yes. Lovab- lovable super specific lovable potato face buff man got yes, it yeah totally. no I I hear you I would love to see them play brothers in something. Mm-hmm. Oh my um, god, that'd be amazing, right? And uh, yeah, uh, there's and like Channing Tatum was another consideration for Shazam. I just and anyway, I, if I go too too deep on my Channing Tatum and John Cena love, I'll get I'll get lost forever. Lost uh, in those abs. <laughs> yeah, no? I'm just just mm, uh, just picturing them rubbing to get rubbing their abs on both sides of my face. Um, anyway, uh, enough about my sexual <laughs> fantasies. Uh, in horrible Monopoly news, uh, talks have resumed between Disney and 20th Century Fox, or 21st Century Fox, uh, uh, to acquire most of Fox's assets, specifically their film and TV, uh, uh, assets. Now, listeners of this show will get all excited because they're like, oh, that means the X-Men and the Avengers in the same movie. Oh my God, that's so crazy. And Wolverine and Captain America. It's not good news. It's not good news. Nothing about this is good. It doesn't sound like you're pumped. No, I'm not pumped. Like, first off, I... This is opposite of John Cena for you. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) we, we just went on complete polar opposites. Like, First off, this is bad news just for, like, the original and crazy Fox films that have been happening, like New Mutants, Logan, Deadpool. Like, those movies... There's no way Disney ever greenlights those movies. Like they, they're so protective over their Marvel brand that like anything they make with the X Men, anything like that, will have to be. What about Punisher? Uh, well, yeah, but Punisher was a Netflix show. Like that's it's slightly different, and even still, Punisher doesn't go like does it doesn't go quite as like deep into it. Uh, we're, we're recording in the Mobile Command Studio, and now there's a, a third player entering. Fourth Whoa. player, what's up, dude? Um, but no i think like punisher is a separate thing they don't go i don't think they go quite as bold in that show and i've only seen a couple episodes but they don't go quite as bold as like uh as as something like logan or deadpool right like the crass especially the crass humor of deadpool or like the full-blown horror of that new mutants movie i just don't think that happens with disney at the helm what about uh jessica jones yeah, but again, that's a Netflix show, you know? Like, that's 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 a show that's specifically on a premium network. It's not, like... It's it's not a, a movie. It's not a wide-release movie. It's also not from Marvel Studios. It's Marvel Entertainment. Uh, and it's... it's Like, it's a very specific thing. Netflix is also producing it, right? Like, it's, it's kind of its own separate world that's not referential to, like, the larger MCU. I just... I don't... I don't know if... I don't know. Like, I see, I see your point. I just don't yeah, know if Disney, Disney has to... Appro- to me, it's yeah, no, it's definitely not Marvel Studios, but it's uh, they have to be approved by Disney. They have to be approved by Disney, but it's just like it's a different, it's like a different brand. You know what I mean? It's it's not quite the same. But if they're trying to tie in the X Men to the to the MCU, if like anything that they're really trying to tie to the MCU without just like small hints and nods, like they're they're not going to be able to. At least I don't think. If Disney surprises me, that's great. Uh, but that's that's the tip of the iceberg for why I think this is bad. Uh, the other reason this becomes bad is. That makes Disney, like, without even, without any comparison, Disney is the most powerful studio in Hollywood with that. And nothing else even compares. Like, Universal doesn't come close to the kind of power that Disney would have by owning all of, almost all of 20th Century Fox. Yeah, that's pretty insane. It's insane. Plus, they would then gain a majority share in Hulu. And so, uh, Universal, oh. 
Universal would only own, and this that's honestly probably the real thing they're going for here. They're trying to launch these streaming apps. If they can just take Hulu's user base and put them into their own streaming apps. And relaunch Hulu as the Disney. Yeah, player. or even keep it as Hulu if they wanted to. Uh, I mean, and I think that's why Runaways was launched on Hulu rather than ABC. I think Disney went, let's test it. Let's test Hulu for one of our properties. Let's just throw Runaways on there instead of using it for ABC, which was the original plan. Yeah. Uh, and just see how it goes and see you know what the response is to this, see how we can do it. So now if they do this, they get the majority of Hulu. Universal, by you know all business experts are saying that Universal would sell off their share to Disney, uh, their share of Hulu, once Disney would buy it out. So that would oh make Disney God. the exclusive owners of Hulu. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, th- this would also basically, this would mean Fox only owns like Fox Sports and Fox News it would be the only things that they have left. Um, Disney would then, uh, let's see, there's something I, I was seeing, like I was reading up on all this, like just business analysis of all these deals. This would also affect like the Avatar sequels that they're doing. Obviously, it would have huge implications on the X-Men films that are in production, like X-Force, which, good God, if another thing gets in the way of Drew Goddard making an awesome film, I'm going to be pissed. So, when, so, okay. Yeah, rewind up. I'll rewind the clock here. So, Daredevil Season 1, right? Mm -hmm. Originally developed and created uh, by Drew Goddard, who had previously written the script for The Martian. He had also worked with Joss Whedon on a bunch of stuff. Uh, Drew Goddard was writing Daredevil Season 1 when uh, Sony called him up and said, Hey, we're trying to do this Sinister Six movie in the Spider-Man oh, universe. We would love you to write it and direct it. So Drew Goddard's like, Hell yeah! I got some dope <laughs> ideas for a Sinister Six movie. I'd love to do that. Meanwhile, he's developing this movie. He's getting all stoked about it. And then Mark Webb uh, and, and Sony just have like this big falling out and like Amazing Spider-Man 2 doesn't do well. And then Sony's like, Shit! I guess we just got to make a deal with Marvel to like share the rest of Spider-Man. And so then when that deal is made, guess what gets axed? Sinister Six. So one awesome team-up movie, totally trashed, that Drew Goddard was involved in like, and was developing for like a year and a half. Uh, so then he goes over to Fox. And at Fox, he kind of like, you know, he helps a little bit with Deadpool and, and helps with some of their stuff. Uh, and then they sign him on to do an X-Force movie which is a Deadpool, X-Men, like, Black Ops, crazy team-up movie. Was Deadpool supposed to be in it? Yeah, he's... Oh, he's still going to be in it. Like, they're working well, on this I right know now. they're still working on it, but is he... Yeah. Okay, well... Yeah, keep, Ryan, keep Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool is going to be in it. This is going to be tied into the Deadpool movies. It's like a, a sequel. It's almost like the, the Avengers of the Deadpool part of this universe. But is this his take, or is this someone else's take now on, the, on X-Force? So it's still Drew Goddard's take right now. They hired okay. Drew Goddard to do this, write and direct. However... Okay, cool. Yeah, it's great. There's, there's a however. There's a however. If Disney buys Fox, I doubt they go through with this movie. I like. I don't. Why? I don't think. Why would you do that business wise? If I just said, "Hey, Deadpool made for cost this much money to make and made this much money," I, I agree business wise. But when was the last time that any Disney studio released an R-rated movie that had that much swearing and that much like like crass language? When they did away with uh, with uh, View Askew and uh, Miramax. Like that was, I think that was the end of, of really like Disney got those. Yeah. Cause Disney, Disney owned Miramax, uh, for a while, like back when they were doing like clerks and some of the other movies. Yeah. Uh, and they just, they sold them off. Like the Weinstein company, I think now owns Miramax or something like that. There was some sort of weird deal, but basically they took Miramax and just made it non-existent. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, and so it, like I, I just, I don't think Disney wants to have that kind of stuff in their brand, even though Deadpool's a cash cow. And and Deadpool 2 will still go off without a hitch. There's not enough time for them to do anything about that. But I, I think that the stuff that they have in development will be adversely affected. Uh, I mm. think they'll keep the mainstream X-Men u- movies like Dark Phoenix and whatever. 
Um, but you know, I, I, I don't know. I just I don't see them continuing that stuff. If they do, that, that's great. But I don't know. I'd just be I'd be bummed if Drew Goddard got another franchise taken out from under him uh, that could have been really awesome. This might not be great for a lot of great directors. Yeah. Well, not because that's the thing too. Negotiating mm-hmm. power in Hollywood. If it, like it, without a Fox, that takes another huge chunk of the pie and gives it Disney's control. So if you want to do, a, if you're looking to do a Marvel movie, if you're looking to do a Star Wars movie, if you're looking to do a a you know like any of the properties Fox has, whether it be you know X Men, whether it be like I mean they any number of things that they own. If you're looking to work on those things, there's one company you're negotiating with. You can't now go and say, hey, you know, uh, I know you're like, you know, talking to me about the Star Wars thing, but I've also got this X-Men thing I might be able to do or any of the other, you know, I'm just using X-Men as an example because it's one of Fox's big things. Uh, You know, like it it takes a lot of negotiating power out of out of directors, writers, actors like it takes a super ton, large, epic amount of negotiated power i hey man i could just go across the street and pitch this to them yeah even if it's not related to any franchise it's just hey i've got this cool totally. idea the script that everybody wants right mm-hmm. now well there's one less person that wants it and there's two more you're twice as big as you were yeah. the the fact that That's disney terrifying. now owns the disney now now owns lucasfilm marvel and fox or would now own you know lucasfilm marvel and fox in addition to all the regular disney properties and pixar and all that like I mean, that's just, it's just so much power. There's, there would now be three ultra-sized studios, you know, or really three big studios, one enormous studio. You know, you'd have Warner Brothers, NBC Universal, and then enormous gargantuan Disney. Uh, anyway. There, there, there you, is a silver lining, but sorry, what were we yeah. saying? Yeah, I was going to mention a few silver linings as well. Please. Oh, cool. But, but yeah. why don't you start first? Uh, Star Wars. <laughs> what about Star Wars? Uh, they would get the license back from Fox for New Hope. And... That- would that could potentially mean that we get the original, the original re-release. re-release? That would be a non-special, non-special, uh, uh, special, yeah. forever edition, and non- every <laughs> uh, every version of that yeah. that he's kept on editing. We would get the original theatrical release of mm-hmm. Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that you wouldn't have to pirate them, pirate the the laser disc copies of them or anything. Yeah, that, exactly. That's uh, that's, that's appealing. A, that is a pretty nice silver lining. I'm not saying is it is it worth the cost? Oh man, you're gonna make me blink. That's for sure. <laughs> when you put that up there, because that's something that I want on my yeah. shelf. I've been wanting that for a long time. Because yeah, yeah. What was what was your uh, what was your silver lining? Well, um, well, I am less pleased with this idea more than I am pleased. But uh, some of the things like my my brain got working mm. in, on overdrive was, I guess storm might technically become a disney princess <laughs> <laughs> there you go uh and Fine she might that. be reunited with uh, black panther see uh, i never i never liked that uh really that, that well marriage. maybe because the the marriage wasn't a, a great one and then she went off with like wolverine and, and yeah. all that but i i was thinking um you know she was so underutilized in uh the x-men films mm-hmm. that they might actually flesh it flesh it out and also uh maybe fox will become something like pixar um but for more mature content if if they did that if they kept like if they kept let fox do its its on-brand stuff right and they like you know just, just kind of like let them do their thing and continue operating as usual then i am more on board with it mm-hmm but if they do the the Disneyfication that they did with Marvel and that they have done with Star Wars, then I'm like, I I just, I I hate things becoming more and more similar, and 
if 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 all those you know like if all the MCU movies, all the all the Star Wars movies, all the you know Fox movies and everything, if they all start to just like shift towards the same tone and and feel like, I just I just think that's that's terrible for creativity. Um, but yeah, I, I mean I guess we'll see. Uh, and this you know this is one of those things where it's a it keeps being like a will they won't they situation. Um, but I, I I think the biggest thing that they are positioning for is Hulu. Uh, I think mm-hmm. they're they're happy that there will be other worthwhile investments mm-hmm. with this. Uh, but I think they're they're recognizing that if they try to launch their streaming app completely cold, it'll be a lot harder than if they can springboard off of what Hulu already has. Um, I, I I get it from their business standpoint. Oh, absolutely. I, as as a consumer, I am a little worried about storytelling. Mm-hmm. I I have. I, I've mostly, except for some of the recent stuff like mm-hmm. Moana and, and Zootopia, mm-hmm. I've been a little blasé about uh, Disney's movies. Mm. Yeah, I, I did love. I saw Coco uh, this last week, and I freaking loved it. That movie is absolutely incredible. But then again, it's like I don't know. I, I but Pixar. is that the yeah? It's Pixar. Yeah, Pixar. They'll they'll always they'll always have my heart. That's me slapping my heart. Uh, do you guys like cartoons? Love cartoons. Love cartoons. Yeah, you ever heard of some cartoons? Let me let me name a couple. Just see if you ever heard of them. Uh, Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, heard of nope. You heard of that one? Never little, heard of little, it. One little little guy over there. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. You heard of that? Series, okay, cool. Yes. Awesome. Of course. Uh, and uh, X Men the Animated Series. Ever heard? Yeah. Little, so we're just picking it. like the best stuff from the nineties. Best stuff from the nineties. We are picking those, uh, and then we're just grabbing all their star voice actors and throwing them all together in one uh, cartoon. Excuse me. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Ninja Turtle star Rob Paulson uh, has started assembling a new project. Uh, it's namely uh, uh, contributors thus far are Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. Okay. <laughs> yep. And Roth. Yeah. Uh, Cal Dodd, the voice of Wolverine from the X Men cartoons. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Andrea Romano, who is the director, uh, casting person, and basically the mastermind behind uh, most of the production of Batman the Animated Series, as well as tons of other cartoons that are just fantastic. Uh, they've all come together to uh, make a, uh, a new animated series called The Gang's All Here. Uh, which centers on an animal cast of characters as they star in their own films and navigate the pitfalls of the entertainment industry. Uh, the is this te- a BoJack type? <laughs> it seems like it might be. The team is conceiving of the comedic series to target adults and adolescents. So it seems like it might be kind of a BoJack riff. But more kid-friendly? Maybe. Yes. Like, I, Yeah, I guess like a little bit skewing a little bit younger. Uh, That's yeah. some A-plus talent there. Right? Like that's, I mean, that's, that's some fantastic freaking talent. Uh, it's, I mean, uh, like Andrea Romano has always been one of my biggest, like, idols in the mm-hmm. entertainment industry. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to watch, like, the behind the scenes videos of all the animated series. And she was somebody who was in, like, every single video, like, getting so freaking nerdy and in the weeds about, like, all their production stuff that I was like, she's my hero. Uh, but yeah, I, I, anything that she's doing, especially with freaking Rob Paulson, Kevin Conroy, Kel Dodd, like, that's, that's fantastic. I'm excited. I don't know. What do you guys think? What animal are they playing? It hasn't said. That's a good question. Oh, that is a very good question. What if if Kevin Conroy plays a bat and Cal Dodd plays a wolverine and and freaking Rob Paulson plays a turtle? Then we're we're there. We're golden. We're golden. We're there. (laughs) Oh, I'm so on board with that. Please. Now if they're not, I'm going to be disappointed. (laughs) Uh, How do you guys feel about killing dogs? Um, mm, not touching that one. 
<laughs> well, I've got... Driving uh, up the wrong tree. I've got, I've got bad news for you, uh, or good news. Uh, pre-production is now underway on John Wick Chapter 3. Aiming, <sighs> aiming for a shoot in spring. Because, <laughs> you know, his, his, dog was, his dog was killed. Yeah. They killed his dog in the movie. John Wick's dog. Don't, don't kill his dog. <laughs> I, What's I have, having? So I'm in love with uh, the John Wick series. Hell yeah. And uh, in, my guess in the third movie is he will go up against his uh, greatest adversary, which is a dog. Ooh. A guard dog. The John Wick <laughs> versus the dog. Because he kills anyone who crosses him. Can mm. he kill a dog? Ooh, it's his yeah. ultimate moral dilemma. Exactly. That's interesting, actually. Yeah. I'd be curious to have see that in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be good. But that, ex- yeah, that's a that's a guess I have. So. I dig it. Yeah. I dig and then it. and that's then that's when uh, John Wick dies. Ooh. By a dog. Killed by a dog. He can't he can't get himself to pull that trigger, <laughs> and the dog just eviscerates him on camera. Like it's thirty minutes of this dog just eating John Wick. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, it'll be just just one long shot slowly zooming out. Even if it was a short scene, I think that's uh, actually a really compelling scene. No, it's got to be a very long scene. Okay. 30 minutes. Super, super long. Super long. What super if, long torture scene. What if he has scene? this kind of yeah. like Snow White moment where he is able to uh, calm the dog down? <laughs> <laughs> he uses uh, his John Wick powers to... Sun's going down. Yeah, exactly. Sun's coming down. Yeah. Sun's getting real low. <laughs> I, I just want John Wick to get out of this alive and happy and, and run a kennel, you know. <laughs> just, oh, just like a, sh- a rescue shelter for little doggies. Yes. Oh, man. That'd be, that's mm-hmm. the best ending for John Wick. I don't think that's going to be the ending. Oh, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, that's, that's one of my uh, fangirl like, dreams for him. <laughs> um, well, uh, well how, do you, how do you feel about uh, uh, teen angst and magic and, and, and murder mysteries? That's high school. This sounds amazing already. Is this announcement of a new project? It's announcement of it. Well, uh, it's it's already been announced, uh, but there's some new developments. Uh, have you guys watched Riverdale at all? Yes. Mm, no. Yeah. I love Riverdale. It's I the haven't greatest. finished the season yet. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Uh, do you remember Sabrina the Teenage Witch? I watched that obsessively growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I had such a crush on her boyfriend. Really? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. He also falls on their potato face. Fuck <laughs> guys for me. Um, well, uh, is Clarissa in it? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Clarissa explains it all. <laughs> uh, in this in this new age of of revitalized Archie Comics properties. <laughs> uh, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Riverdale is having a. They, they haven't said how closely tied to Riverdale it is, but there is a Sabrina the Teenage Witch series that is based on the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina horror comics that have been coming out lately, which are very good. Oh, very very good. Uh, but this series is based on those uh, and is being developed by R- Roberto Aguera Sacasa, who is the writer of the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, as well as executive producer on Riverdale and the writer of Afterlife with Archie. He's he does a lot of stuff. So wow, he's. Uh, he's Archie perf- Comics Wonder Kid. Yeah, he's perfectly in position to get this done. Perfectly in position. Uh, so it was already announced as being in, devel- in development by the CW, who also develops the Riverdale TV series. Uh, but it has now moved to Netflix. It is a Netflix original show, this Sabrina. And they've ordered 20 episodes. That's an interesting turn. Right? It's kind of weird, right? I'm, I'm actually very excited. I know. I'm no, no. Uh, I, because I, I grew up uh, reading all of, of those like Archie World comics. Uh-huh. And... Uh, I I haven't been reading any of the newer ones, mm. uh, but a lot of the from from the summaries I've read from the synopsis I've I've read, uh, it's been pretty bonkers. It's incredible. Um, 
Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, like, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is the best horror comic on the shelves, like, by far. It's what's, not even close. What's the uh, story? So the story of it is basically that it's a horror story in Sabrina universe. Like, it's, it's, like, it's just like there's, there's fucking murders and there's magic and people are coming after. I don't know. Like, it's just, it's horror. How does the talking cat fit into all this? Oh, Salem. Salem, yes. I think it's Salem. Salem fits in. God, I remember way too much. Of this. How about the two aunts? You don't need to know about the two <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to tell me anything about it? I don't want to tell you anything. I okay, really don't. Okay, all right. It's, it's, it's a horror comic in Sabrina. Read it. It's really okay, good. The so art's amazing. So it's going to be more of a horror twist on the show? Oh, yeah. What? Do you think it's going to be kind of like a horror anthology, but with Sabrina? Ooh, like an American horror story yeah, type thing. Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, that's that's an interesting idea. Because there, I mean, it's, it's I, mm, I don't know. Mm. I'm, I'm now very curious. I, I think that's a, that's a good way to take it. I, I feel like it might be more, especially since it's a 20 episode order, that's mm-hmm. typically the type of season for a very linear sort of show or, or a show that's following an episodic pattern. Yeah. You know, because usually anthologies, it's like 10 episode seasons, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, no, because I, I'm thinking about what, uh, how popular, which horror shows are popular on Netflix right now. It's Black mm. Mirror. And yeah. Sabrina uses magic to solve her teenage problems. She does. And uh, how horrifying are those teenage problems going to mm. take? Or or does mag- or is she the cause of evil in, in her town? Mm. Yeah. Mm. And this is all me just daydreaming yeah <laughs> with what this series might well be. roberto aguirre sacasa i think uh i think we've we've already got some some interesting ideas brewing over here so you know send send those checks to melody mew uh i would check that out before i check out riverdale not that riverdale looks bad i just don't have a, a ton of time to watch stuff it's incredible I, sabrina won yeah. i like magic so that's gonna queue up before riverdale sometimes that's <laughs> riverdale's, riverdale's so good um <laughs> i want to finish watching uh the original twin peaks first before I go back to Riverdale. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, have you guys? Do you guys know who Bo Burnham is? Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah? You know who Bo Burnham the is? A comedian. He's a comedian. Uh, started out as a YouTuber, became a full fledged comedian, and then stepped away from the comedy game at, at its very top. He had two Netflix specials, and he was like, "Peace, guys. I'm gonna disappear for a little while." You know what he's doing now? This Bo Burnham character. It's premiering a uh, film that he wrote and directed at Sundance called Eighth Grade. I'm so excited. Right? Like, I'm so stoked. I, 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 I don't even need to know the entire story. I just know what he's he might do with it. He's, I mean, like, honestly, he is one of the few modern comedians that I think is, is legitimately a genius. Like, he's, he's a person who... He wrote this little book called Egghead. It's like a, a help, self-help book for creativity. Um... Uh, but it's, it's, it's just, it's like, he's, he's just a really, really awesome, awesome creator in my opinion. Uh, if you haven't read Egghead and you're a creative person, I think it's, it's well worth it to read. Um, yeah. Thanks for uh, losing my place on the computer there, Kent. You're Really appreciate it. Uh, (laughs) now I know where you get, got your segue inspiration from. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but so, so Bo Burnham, uh, Mm -hmm. the, the, or at least the, so the movie eighth grade, uh, is centered around a 13-year-old girl named Kayla, uh, played by Elsie Fisher, um, who is the voice of Agnes in the Despicable Me movies. Aww. Yeah, right? Uh, she plays a 13-year-old girl who is sur- uh, trying to survive the last week of her disastrous 8th grade year before leaving middle school forever uh, for high school. Josh Hamilton also stars, and that is premiering day one of Sundance. 
Uh, so I'm I'm crazy excited. Sounds to see good. That. Yeah, I'll, I'll actually I'm pretty sure I'll be at Sundance this year, so I'm like super stoked to see it because Bo Burnham is one of my favorite humans. Bring and a scarf. Yeah, I'll have to bring mm-hmm. a scarf. Melody mm-hmm. gave me a scarf for Christmas. Everybody, it was really sweet. Um, you guys know this James Franco character? This guy. He's been announcing a lot of weird stuff lately. He just directed uh, um, the Disaster Artist, which I saw, which was really mm-hmm. weird. Oh, he directed and it too. He directed it. Wow, that is yeah. so meta. Uh, right. He directed a movie about directing a movie where there was also people directing documentaries about the movie being made. It was like it watching it just made me stressed out about how disastrous it must have been to try and make this movie about this movie with this other movie being made. Yeah. About I'm seeing it tomorrow. Uh, so. <sighs> it's so good. It will also, by the way, just fair warning. And, and again, if you're a creative person, it will make you feel self-conscious for a while because you will start to wonder, am I this type of person who's super dedicated to making things? And am I just like awful and terrible? And is this thing going to suck? Like now it, it, I'm self-conscious about watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it'll make you self-conscious, but you just have to power through. It's a, it's a good movie. Um, on one of the last episodes of, of Savage News, uh, we talked about how James Franco has signed in to make a uh, multiple man movie with Fox uh, and their X-Men thing. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. I'm super stoked for that. Uh, he's now announced another uh, kind of weird, uh, interesting thing. Uh, he's directing and starring in a film about uh, Shel Silverstein. The artist from uh, the end of the sidewalk and Melody just started crying. Is that the Giving Tree? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Shell Silverstein, the very same. He's gonna play him. I'm assuming. Uh, it seems like yeah, it's a biopic about uh, Shell Silverstein, uh, both uh, directed and and starring James Franco, written by uh, Chris Schaefer and Paul Vicknair. That is an interesting pick, right? Uh, it's a film, it's based on the book called uh, A Boy Named Shell, and it's uh, focusing on the personal and professional struggles uh, that made Silverstein a unique voice, and that is all the information we really have. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm excited. James Franco usually does some, uh, some interesting stuff, you know, he's a good actor. He's got like 12 PhDs or something like that. So, I don't know. I've, I've been loosely following his career for a long time, uh, ever since uh, Pineapple Express, uh, Freaks and Geeks. Mm. He he's he's he kind of he's kind of like Nick Cage for me in that I don't know if he's a good actor. <laughs> so, and uh, by the same time, I'm I'm completely fascinated by what uh, what project he involves himself in because mm. you know in in the performance art world he teamed up with Marina Abramovich um, and he's also tried to adapt quite a few uh, classic books really? that were considered unfilmable. I, I think it's a Faulkner book that mm. he tried to uh, make a movie of. And yeah, he, I've seen some of his paintings. I don't know if I can consider them good. But, <laughs> but wow. then it's interesting. He, he's definitely trying to put his stamp into every area of art. Yeah. Because I don't know if you, you guys have seen uh, him in... That HBO show that name is escaping oh, me. Oh, freak! Yes, um, shoot. Play, I have music plays, one? I've been wanting twins. to watch it for so long. Yeah, uh, stand-up comedy or is it music? No, it's it's a it's, it's a drama. It's an HBO drama. It's um, about the fuck. It's about the uh, rise of the porn industry in yeah, the yeah. It looks so good. The Deuce. Yes, I've been wanting to watch that for so long. I've heard such good things about it. Yeah, I yeah. Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal is amazing in it, <sighs> uh, and. James Franco doesn't annoy me so much. <laughs> so, yeah. That makes sense. I, yeah. And it's, it's, uh, um, 
David Simon, who's a former like police reporter and, and an author, like, you know, just a very, you know, like he, I, I, yeah, he wrote Show Me a Hero, which was another amazing series uh, starring Oscar Isaac. And yeah, like the, I want to watch that so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, James Franco, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with whatever he wants to do. And Shel Silverstein, of course, brings tears to any, any child's eye. <laughs> Those are amazing books. Sorry, I was just doing some cocaine. Um, yes, they are amazing books. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Uh, uh, we were talking about Deadpool earlier. Uh, and, and speaking of stars who are just, you know, auteurs that are just creative and, and really just out there in the world. Uh, another man making a bold, bold choice going in a very artsy direction. Uh, actor Ryan Reynolds is set to star in a Pokemon movie, Detective Pikachu. Okay. As a voice actor? Or is this live action? or I'm assuming. Let's, just, let's hope for live action. Wait, live like- action. It is live action. It's live action. What? Wait, does he play a... Wait, wait, what character does he play? I don't know which wait, character. Wait, is he a criminal that's being hunted down by Detective Pikachu? <laughs> <laughs> you know? This sounds like the greatest movie ever made. Yeah. Just saying. Um, so let's see. The story is is kicked into gear when uh, Justice Smith, who's playing one of the characters, her character's father is kidnapped Forcing the team to uh, team up with Pikachu in order to find him. Uh, uh, There's also a uh, sassy journalist who helps them in their quest. Uh, The sassy journalist is played by somebody, Catherine Newton, uh, from Big Little Lies. Uh, Yeah, so I'm assuming Ryan Reynolds is playing Pikachu, right? That is is crazy. I would want them to use the original like voice actress for her Pikachu. Yeah, maybe. Also, well, okay, maybe maybe Ryan Reynolds is playing Justice Smith's dad. I don't know. Either way, I'm I'm excited that they're making a Detective Pikachu movie. Like, I mean, that's... is he is he a trainer? What? Oh, maybe he plays Ash Ketchum. No, he's too. He, he'll be a little too old to play Ash Ketchum. Oh man, I picture unless unless it's like an aged. Uh, Ash Ketchum, I, I, like, like a disenchanted Ash I, Ketchum. Oh yeah, he's like remember like he's those... caught them all and now he's yeah now he's having to deal with the fallout of, of <laughs> catching them all and and oh like it's because you've you've always heard those like fan fiction stories about like Macaulay Culkin playing uh, Kevin from Home Alone but all grown up and twisted in the head being like a serial killer or whatever. I like no. the or, or the the fan theory that Saw is just Home Alone but like like it's Kevin from Home Alone grown oh. up. Oh, that's a great theory. Yeah, it could like be that. that like, like Ash Ketchum grows up and he's just like, he's just, just a psychopath. Like, yeah. just collects people and, and shit. And uh, I guess, I guess uh, some people would say it's just animal fighting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like Michael Vick starring in a movie. Anyway, um, I, I do also uh, the director is not my favorite director. He directed Gulliver's Travels, Goosebumps, Shark Tale, and Monsters vs. Aliens. Well. Yeah. Probably the perfect choice, only because he's directed a lot of family movies. That's fair. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how we'll see how it goes. I'm excited they're making that movie, though. I hope Jack Black makes it into Detective Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that, that would sounds be perfect. That yeah. would be fantastic. Um, uh, so you y- y- guys, you guys heard of this uh, the Twilight Zone? I like I like just, I like approaching every single topic as if maybe you've never heard of anything. Ever. Uh, so uh, Jordan Peele, director of Get Out and also star of Key and Peele, 
he previously announced that he was um, uh, producing a Twilight Zone uh, reboot. And now it has been announced that it's going to the CBS All Access app where Star Trek Discovery is. Ooh, I have that app. They're assembling a pretty, <laughs> a pretty big lineup now. Um, so anyway, I, I, like, there's not too much other than, other than yeah, it landed, landed there. Uh, CBS All Access is, is bolstering its lineup in preparation for the Disney Hulu buyout uh, to try and compete or something. I don't know. I'm just excited for, for Twilight Zone. Especially, like, because this climate is so good for that type of show. We have Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. We have Black Mirror and now Twilight Zone. Like, Yeah, it's good. Mm, love it. Uh, Baby Driver uh, has a sequel in development, or multiple sequels, I guess, in development. And Edgar Wright is, at the very least, writing the script for number two. Kevin Spacey not involved, thankfully. Well, he was killed in the first one. Yeah. Although, I mean, they could have brought back zombie Kevin Spacey. You know what I mean? Thankfully, they won't. But they could have. um in comic book creator justice news uh batman co-writer uh co-creator bill finger who was unsung for many years is now getting a uh street in the bronx named after him what yeah right cool about time that's amazing dude had a shitty life he didn't get enough credit for creating what was uh one of the really arguably the biggest character of all time my favorite comic book character Everyone's. I mean, uh, yeah. So the fact that there will now be a, a piece of, of New York, always named after Bill Finger. Pretty great. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, as we round out the news today, though, uh, Batman Ninja. Batman Ninja. New little trailers premiered. What did you guys think of those trailers? Batman anime starring people that are involved in anime stuff, I guess. I'm not very anime-versed. I'm weirdly excited that Alfred will be in this movie. Because, <laughs> because so his demeanor... Fits so well with uh, the Japanese uh, mannerism of, you know, res- respectability and honor. And it's, it's going to be fantastic. And I don't think they even changed him that much <laughs> for the movie. Whereas, like, little Robin has uh, has a shaved, like, uh, shaved head with a samurai bun on Yeah! Mm-hmm. I love little Robin with a mm-hmm. weird shaved partial head. Yes. I also love that Red Hood just had one of those samurai cages. Yep. That was really cool. Yeah. so great. I was like, ah, look at that guy. I like that they're incorporating basically the entire Bat family. Like, all yeah. the Robins, Batgirl, mm-hmm. I think Batwoman, I feel like I saw her in there, I'm not Probably. sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I love it when these animated movies just go full bore on, like, no, there's not just one Robin. Like, we're, we're bringing in everybody. Um, the, the Joker design looks really good. Right? So good. I'm so And this, it looks, I mean, it seems like the same, or at least it, it's the same type of animation that the new Voltron series had, you know, where it's like oh. that 3D anime looking yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really like that. I'm, I'm becoming yeah. more and more of a fan of that style. Yeah, I, I see that in a lot of uh, more, more current anime. Yeah. That type of animation. It's, it's really cool. I, I'm, 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 I'm coming around on it. When I first saw a reboot back in the day, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I think this is really interesting, but I don't know. And then there was for a while with like Code Lyoko and other shows where I was like, hmm. I don't know how well this is working, but it's 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 come back it's come back around. I'm in love. Uh, what do you think of Batman being in a time travel story, though? It fits. It fits. Yeah, it fits you so dig well. It? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, think it's I, out I of knew place. nothing about this movie until I saw that trailer, and yeah. I was completely blown away. So yeah, consider me first in line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 gonna be first in line too. I think because it's the DC animated movies for a long time were very very good, and I felt like they'd gotten pretty stale in recent years. You know, mm-hmm. there wasn't much that I was too interested in. Yeah, I mean the whole uh, the the really unfortunate remake or uh, what, what's that movie that came out that had like 
Mark Hamill as the Joker. Oh, the I'm very bad joke. with names. The killing, yeah. the killing yeah. Joker. Yeah. 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 That, that was a terrible use of fantastic voice actors. Yeah, I would have liked it if they had used that on some of the other stuff. And they, like, they've just gotten to the point now where they're just like, we're just only going to adapt comic book storylines and, and make them into, into animated films. I'm like, like, that's cool. Like Those are good stories, but like, like do, do something new you know or like use it yeah. to like do something different i don't like it when they're just taking directly like taking the comic book page and putting it to screen mm-hmm. i like it when they take those liberties and and i don't know just like do interesting different stuff with them like civil war to me is the best example of how to adapt a comic book storyline it's not at all the same mm-hmm. but it uses similar elements to tell it's a, a really good story. adaptation yeah right like take those fucking freedoms don't just yeah anyway also, I'm I'm really excited to see uh, Japan's perspective on Batman. I, yeah. I I watch a lot of foreign movies, and it's always kind of cool to see the reverse of what other people outside of uh, the U.S. think of America. Totally. And you know, Bollywood movies, if they have anything to do with uh, like the setting of America, mm-hmm. they will have uh, hot dog carts and cheerleaders and football, <laughs> and and. You know, it's just, yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, granted, anytime I walk outside, I'm always tripping over hot dog carts and football players and cheerleaders. Like, that's, I can't, I, like, I, I can't go anywhere without being surrounded by them. They're uh, everywhere. They're fucking everywhere. It's like herpes. But Batman, um, I think, fits extraordinarily well with the Japanese culture just because of his, uh, the background for his character. Yeah. I don't remember if it was specifically the Japan that he got training done, but it just feels so good. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's like they've they've always talked about like how Batman's just sort of like he's trained like everywhere. Like uh, you know, there there exactly. there've been I'm I don't know if you guys ever saw Batman Gotham Knight. It came out like right around the time the Dark Knight came out, but it was an animated feature no. made by like six different animation studios, a little sort oh. of thing. Super super great. I highly recommend checking it out cuz like there's it's all sorts of different crazy animation styles. Um, and part of what it tells is like, it shows Batman or Bruce Wayne rather when he's like, yeah, training in Japan with, um, you know, different, you know, fucking ninjutsu experts or like whatever the hell they say for his origin. Uh, but yeah, it's like, that's one of those things that, yeah, it's like always been part of his lore, this sort of samurai code and whatever the hell, uh, people have always tried to, to varying degrees of success to integrate that in. So it does feel like a natural fit. Yeah. Maybe, excited. yeah, maybe Batman will be a dreamy Bishuan type <laughs> character. <laughs> That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of superheroic weeaboos, uh, you, guys, <laughs> you guys know about Wolverine? <laughs> no. Never heard of this Wolverine guy? Well, uh, Marvel is aiming to create the next uh, serial. Uh, they, they're, they're foraying into the podcasting game. They're trying to get my money. Trying to, trying, to, trying to crimp my style. Taking all this podcasting license away from us. Because they're, you know... Because they know that the Savage Land is dangerous and they're trying to knock us off our top seat. Uh, well, Marvel has announced Wolverine The Long Night, which is a new narrative-based, basically a radio drama, but for podcast. Um, oddly specific. Oddly specific. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a Wolverine story. It's a 10-episode podcast uh, that is debuting in spring 2018 on Stitcher Premium. So all of our probably very few Stitcher listeners uh, can enjoy that if for whatever reason they decide to pay for Stitcher Premium. Weird partnership. Uh, what was the name of it? Was it a Marvel podcast or a Wolverine podcast? It's a Marvel Wolverine podcast. So it's it's it, but it's not it's not a new like it's a narrative. It's a story. It's a radio drama. Is it <clears throat> if it's in the realm of a serial? Is also a mystery. I'm assuming so. Uh, it's it's a serialized story. I mean, it might okay. not be a murder mystery or something, but it's a Wolverine story uh, told via podcast. 
Um, it'll in spring 2018. It'll premiere on Stitcher Premium, and then it'll roll out to all of the other podcast uh, platforms in the fall. I hope Jubilee's in it. I do too, actually. Probably a pass for me. Yeah, know. just doesn't spark my interest. Well, if that doesn't get you, uh, the star of uh, Hannibal and the Hobbit, Richard Armitage, is playing uh, Logan. He's voicing him. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and shit, and Ben Percy. Ben Percy is writing it? Okay, that's I'm, I'm actually getting on board with that. I like Ben Percy a lot. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, uh, let's see. The story begins with two agents uh, who arrive in the fictional town of Burns, Alaska to investigate a series of murders. Okay, there we go. Murders. Mm. Uh, the duo team up with Deputy uh, Bobby Reed to investigate their main suspect, Logan. <gasps> so they don't know he's a mutant. Yeah. And... Oh, okay. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. So is this kind of like true detective where we see flashbacks of Logan and... Okay, never mind. Yeah, that's, that's what Could it seems be. like. That's a, yeah. the, that blends right into this quote. There mm-hmm. are all these broken pieces that are being fitted together and a shifting set of suspects. And every episode, you learn more and at the same time, recognize that you've been mistaken all along. It functions like a turnstile of mysteries. Yeah, I don't think Jubilee is going to be in this. Yeah, probably not, unfortunately. Um, the cast also includes uh, Scott Adsit from 30 Rock, Bob Balaban from Moonrise Kingdom, Brian Stokes Mitchell, and a cameo from Chris Gethardt, host of the popular Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People podcast. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'll I, let you listen to it first. And <laughs> I, I, have, know how it is. I have too many podcasts going on yeah. right now. You know, we we all we all need uh, we all need stories from, or we all need more stories from the world's most violent weeaboo Wolverine. Uh, he loves getting them in some 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 Japanese cultural appropriation. Um, yeah, let us know how that one is because if it's really good, I'll check it out. Yeah, we'll see. I I'm I'm like I'm trying to decide if I want to sign up for Stitcher Premium for that. I've never liked Stitcher as a platform. Our podcasts are on there, but I just don't like it. I, I have it. Yeah. Only yeah. because uh, a lot of my favorite podcasts have their entire uh, archives on that on that app. That makes sense. So I can rationalize it. Yeah. Yeah. You can get all your WTF fixes in on that. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Whatever other podcasts have giant archives. Um, by the way, I just want a quick quick shout out to my brother, my brother and me for keeping all their archives free. Thank you. Because I recently got on board with that podcast like a few months ago, and they have like 400 episodes, and it takes a while to catch up. And unlike WTF, I can listen to any of them. That's really nice. Yeah, right? I, I don't listen to WTF. You're giving me this like judgmental <laughs> look. Oh, no. I, I, <laughs> oh, I she only listens to It's American Life. <laughs> so. No, I, was, I wasn't. I wasn't I mean, that. it's just like I've, I've tried to listen to old interviews from WTF mm-hmm. before, you know, because he's had some really cool guests on there. Uh, but it's like anything past like six months ago is like behind a paywall. And I'm like, oh, fuck you, man. Fuck off. Oh. This, this, this that is, seems unnecessary. Right. Totally unnecessary. Uh, anyway, that, that does it for all the news today. But uh, let's, let's, let's give another shout out to your guys' works. Kent, what's, uh, wh- where should people check you out? What should they check out? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, you can find me at Kent Heidelman at all the social medias. And you can oh, find yeah. my comic, Scariest and Screamforth, at scariestandscreamforth.com. Ooh, yeah. you have a little, you have a website. I didn't even know. Uh, it's a redirect. Well, yeah. Yeah, just to make but it that, easy. No, I didn't know you had the URL. That's pretty great. Yeah, I snagged it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Scariest and Screamforth, super fun. Uh, it is, it's, it's best viewed on your phone, actually. So all you listening yeah. on your phone right now, just, just head on over. You can even download the Webtoons app. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, you don't you don't have to, but you can. Yeah, it's it's Please best do. viewing. It's it's best viewing in, in scrolled form. Make sure you subscribe on there. Give it a little heart. 
Give it those, give it a little listen little to hearts. him. Listen to him. Those are those are great advice. Yeah, right no, and subscribe. And subscribe. Yeah, hit that little subscribe button on the webtoons thing. Uh, Melody, what about what about you? Give him give another shout out and a little tease. <laughs> well, I'm about to put out a comic book, hopefully by the beginning of next year, mm-hmm. called Fire Mud. I didn't mention the some uh, what, what's it about, but yeah, it's a it about? it's about a girl trying to figure out her life, uh, and she gets the help of a Buddhist deity named Guanyin and uh, and gets taken to paradise. Mm-hmm. And you can find me on Instagram at MLDMIU. And uh, you can also find me on Facebook to get all the latest updates on the book uh, under Melody Muse Art. Hell yeah. It's I- like... Fire and Mud looks incredible. We've and Kent and I, have I too have seen it, and it looks amazing. It's so good. Like I, I, I'm a jealous of the story, uh, and b very, very jealous of of your artistic ability. Like it's it, anyone listening, like for real, go check out some of the some of the pictures of it because it is phenomenal. Like j- just the fact that, y- like really in in my head, as soon as that comic drops, you're probably your email box is just going to be completely flooded with like writers who are trying to to get image series off the ground and like trying to find a really good art because it's like your art is is absolutely incredible and and the story absolutely lives up to the uh to the art as well um so yeah definitely go check out both of those amazing creations uh from people who i'm insanely jealous of um guys (laughs) thank you especially look forward to kent's work it's his webcomic's amazing yeah thank you very much but no i'm super jealous of melody's work because i feel like i'm just kicking around with some kids comics and she's doing some super serious uh super mature super amazing art and story stuff so. yeah no she's it's it's you know the, lots the, of talent the future the future is in this room guys the future is right in this room and i'm uh, always proud of jason for just being here uh no i uh yeah i i, I appreciate you guys jumping in and, and acting in relief of our of our uh of our ailing uh, regular hosts, but it's always fun to do these little these little news episodes. Good to talk to you guys. Yeah, thanks Melody, for having us on. Is this your is this your podcast debut, Melody? No. No, you've been on please more podcasts before. Please don't Google. That's funny. Um, well, I, I appreciate you guys joining me, and uh, for all the listeners, make sure you uh, keep hitting that subscribe button. Uh, oh, this is the last week of uh, of our little giveaway. Uh, so if you tweet with the hashtag SavageLandPod, or we we decided for the last week we would give one uh, one week of exception for the contest. Uh, if you uh, put a post up on Instagram and uh, tag our show in it, some post about our show, uh, whether it be about you know something we've talked about recently, whatever. But if you put up a post on Instagram and tag us in it, uh, you will also be entered into the drawing to win either a uh, trade paperback comic book or something random from Matt's Garage. Uh, if you win, we will ask you which you prefer and get all the details from you. But uh, make sure you do that because this time next week, the contest will be coming to a close uh, and you won't get that Christmas gift. Uh, and also check out our uh, our Amazon link. Go to savagelandpodcast.com. On the right side, you will find our Amazon link. Do all your holiday shopping there. We greatly appreciate it. Um, it'll uh, give, us, give us a little kickback and make us feel all warm and fuzzy with our hot cocoa under the Christmas tree. Uh, and leave us the ratings and reviews on iTunes. We always appreciate them, and we will give you a shout-out on the show. I'm not looking at it right now, so if somebody did leave us one in the last week and I'm not reading it, I apologize, but we'll get to it next week. That's huge. That is it's absolutely huge. huge to help a podcast grow. Yeah, iTunes rate, uh, rating and review. It's, 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 it's the number one thing that will ever help us. I, I Actually, I was, I was thinking about it today. 
Uh, if every person who is listening right now, if every person who's listening right now left us a review on iTunes, we would be the most reviewed comic book podcast on iTunes. Isn't that a little interesting That's thing? That's nuts. Isn't that crazy? The power is in your hands, listeners. Our, our, our livelihood. All I do is one. Just one. Just one. It's all. Every person just does one. You, you know? have to do it per just episode. Little, just just little, once one for time, the whole series. One time ever. Ever. We've been going for three I, years now. I am not on this podcast, but that is absolutely the best way to help drive a great podcast up totally. higher. Yeah, if you if you enjoy our stuff, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not being presumptuous and saying that that you do enjoy it. But if you do enjoy it, uh, we those those ratings are just they're just they're just joyful. They they give little smiles on our face. I know Rachel either lives or dies depending on if we get a rating that week. So. <laughs> I know that's the problem. That's why she's not here. We didn't get a rating last week, and so Rachel got sick. It's like it's hard. It's it's a really hard life for her. She's, thank God we're not guilt tripping the audience. For yeah, no, show. thank God. Uh, but yeah, no, seriously, no desperation. Whatsoever. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Uh, check out our other shows. You can go to thatmightbecool.com to find all of our other great podcasts, like the Runaways podcast and elsewhere presents Sonic the F- podcast just for fans. God, I always fuck up that title when I try to say it. Uh, yeah, and, uh, that's it. Uh, hope you've enjoyed your time in the Savage Land. Mm-hmm.